Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to a world where anything's possible and where an addict has the freedom to discover that he or she no longer has to be tied to their addictions. Why are you here? What are you looking for? There are plenty of things harder than quitting smoking, quitting drinking, or quitting drugs. Are you ready to be reborn? Are you ready to be analyzed? Welcome to another edition of Addicted Analysis with your host, Mr. IMAX. Let's get ready to analyze. coming out and joining us tonight we're going to be joined by a special guest her name is Jean she's a stage four cancer patient at the moment uh, she's been dealing with that battle for a few years now and uh, let's get right to Jean and basically introductions Jean you there yes I am nice to have you on this evening thank you how you feeling tonight uh well I feel pretty good pretty good Glad to hear that. Let me get right started with you. Um, you're a smoker, right? Yes. Still smoking, right? Yes. And you're okay with that, right? I'm okay with it. <laughs> a lot of other people probably aren't, though. Right? Aren't, right, exactly, yes. Family members and all that? Um. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my daughter's uh, not too happy about it. Nope. Well, what um, choice does she have? Well, not too much, but, you know, I guess that um, if I put myself in her shoes and I guess that she somehow thinks that if I stopped smoking at this point, maybe I could squeeze a little more life out of uh, the deal here. But I think that all stems from her not wanting to lose me because she loves me and and I understand and I appreciate that and some people would say well why don't you stop it for your daughter um but you know what those of us who are so addicted to cigarettes uh you don't stop smoking unless you fully 100% are committed to stopping. And thank you so much for saying that. 
Well, you know, you nobody can... It doesn't matter if they tell you one bazillion times, you are not going to stop unless you make the decision on your own. It all comes down to the decision, right? Yeah, absolutely. There have been times in my life when I've tried to quit. And um, unfortunately, none of them worked, including, of course, the most recent was in 2004, when they discovered that I had stage 4 lung cancer and they took out um, the uh, lower half of my lung. And, you know, after that, I, well, I didn't smoke. And I didn't smoke for about two weeks. And I was home and uh, I had a boyfriend at the time who smoked. And before you knew it, you know, I was just kind of, snagging a cigarette here or there and the way it is any smoker knows this as soon as you pick up that first one that's it it's the kiss of death and you are going to be you might as well just smoke the whole pack right then because you're back to it so what I did do however was I did cut my cigarettes in half I mean I only smoke about anywhere seven eight nine cigarettes a day And um, I live by myself and my cat, and I like my cigarette, my coffee in the morning, or two or three, and it's, I don't know, it's my routine, it's what I do. I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is. Exactly, it's what it is, but go ahead. I would deter anyone who was of an age who would be thinking about picking up a cigarette, you know, I mean, because I grew up in a very, very different world where it wasn't uh, such a sin to smoke and you weren't such a pariah if you did, you know. It oh, was I know, believe me, I grew up in the, you know, maybe a little bit later time because you're, you're 55, I'm not trying to sell your age, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm 46, so yeah. know, we're not far apart. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, going back to your childhood, or even, did your parents smoke before you were born? Uh, yeah, my, my father did. My mother never smoked. Never? <clears throat> no, no. She put up with him smoking, huh? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She wasn't happy about it. I do remember occasions where she, you know, made reverence, reference to giving the damn things up or, you know, whatever. But, no, she... Um, she pretty much accepted it because not only did he smoke, but you know his um he had three sisters and a brother, and they all smoked all five of them right, the whole uh, family. yeah i have I have some old um old old movies that were transferred to a DVD recently where we were having a um a New Year's Eve party here and my God, it was like everybody was smoking. I couldn't believe it. And I thought to myself, here I am. And at the time, I looked like I am maybe eight or nine years old in this movie. And I, you know, you would think, well, God, why weren't you, like, overcome with it all? You probably could have cut the smoke with a knife. And um, 
I don't ever remember thinking as a child, oh, my God, I can't stand this. This is horrible. I can't breathe. None of that stuff. It just never phased me. It was never an issue. It was always part of the normal. Right, right. That's that's it. That's how a lot of us are. I mean, I remember the same thing. You know, family get-togethers, you go into a room. You know, you used to walk into my grandmother's, you know, the bottom uh-huh. of she, her place, and, you know, she's an old Italian style, you know. Yep. Cooking, you know, at the kitchen table and everything, and, you know, everything was, you know, you smell the herbs, you smell the Italian cooking, and then but within an hour of everybody being there, it was replaced by the smell of cigarettes. That's right. Yeah. And she used yeah. to hate everybody, you know, smoking <laughs> in her house. What is she going to do? Right. Right. Exactly. So did dad smoke? Did he ever quit? No. No, and um, in fact, um, he got lung cancer when I was, oh, I think I was 14 uh, when he was diagnosed. And they they didn't tell me even that at the time. And uh, apparently um, he started really doing pretty well and feeling good and he started driving the car and so they decided to take a trip to Florida and uh, my aunt and my mother and my father they drove off to Florida and they were very happy and everybody thought oh everything's good and two weeks later when they came home from Florida he had declined so much that he didn't even know who I was and so it was so shocking to me, but nobody ever said to me, well, you know, this is cancer and your father might die. And all of a sudden, you know, only weeks later, my mother came in my room and told me my father was gone. And I said, gone where? And she said he Um, it's crazy, isn't it? It it was it was unbelievable to me, and I was just uh, in denial big time about that. Now I had started smoking by then. I think I started smoking when I was either twelve or thirteen, and I do remember stealing cigarettes from him. God, how but, our stories are always the same, you know. Just all of us addicts, we all we all do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I don't remember smoking my first cigarette. I do remember that, I do remember feeling dizzy, but I don't remember who I was with or any of that stuff, but... Um, you don't remember that, huh? No, I don't remember who I was with, no. Now the first the first two instances, I, re- I mean, I remember exactly where I was both times. Really? So the, yeah, the first time I was in a, a friend's house, uh, the song Smoke on the Water was playing. Uh-huh. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Yeah. And everybody's passing around not only cigarettes but marijuana. But pot, yeah. And you know we're trying to you know fit in with the older kids. Yeah. And uh, you know you persevere through that initial coughing of the cigarette. Right. And then the second time was in a steel yard, which was behind the elementary school where I went to school. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like sixth grade, and uh, you know everybody's sitting back there passing around you know cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. But, wow. You know, there were other times, but you know, I could, I don't even remember the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. So, you know, I know what it is to miss your memory. Yep. So you yep. started at about what age? I don't know, 12, 13. You don't remember the first one, but you don't remember, remember. Doing, you know, you were with friends. Pro- I must have been with friends. I, I don't think I would have just done that by myself. But it's kind of funny because my best friend, um, she never smoked. And, um, you know, she's still my best friend today. She lives in Germany, but, you know, I see her at least once a year. And and we're dear, dear friends. And, you know, she's never smoked. But she has just always accepted me as I was. She loved me unconditionally no matter what. And bless her for that. Um, you know, so she would, I mean, if she was there, she wasn't uh, participating in it. <coughs> but, you know, I did, one of our friends was a beautiful Polish girl. And she had this very sexy accent, and she was so sort of sophisticated, and we were all flower children, and, you know, I really admired her, and, I, you know, she smoked, and so I think if, if there was anyone who had an influence on me, um, it was probably her, you know, just, I guess I must have felt... Uh, more glamorous, but it uh, it's kind of funny. When I was in high school, we used to smoke in the in the girls' room, and I went to a Catholic school, and I recently had a um, a, a tea and hat party with my girlfriends, and girl. just because that's a ton of fun and everybody always has a great time at a hat party you just pass the hats around it's just like the joint in the old days you know so um this girl here who i'd gone to high school with and all these girls who were at this party we went around the room and they were all saying how they met me so she says Oh, I met Jeannie when we were um, when I went into the girls' room one day at school, and she said, "Hurry up and get in here. Close the door. We're smoking." <laughs> she said, and "That's how we met." <laughs> how many friendships were built up in the in the men's and women's bathrooms in high school? Waving the cigarettes back and forth so that the smell. I I can't even believe that we did that. Oh, my God. But um, the principal smoked, and his office was right next to the girls' room. So there you go, you know. You couldn't smell it. Would you think yeah. peer pressure yeah. played a part in your, your smoking, or was it something that you thought, you know, just did what learned from your family? Did what play a part? Peer pressure. Um, I don't really know. I don't think there was any peer pressure. Um. And, uh, no, I don't think so. So it was just something you picked up because you were... Yeah, I guess I just thought that was, you know, I thought it was cool. And, uh, but no, it's, you know, who the heck knows? Either either you succumb or you don't, you know? I've always been curious. I like to try things, and 
you know, this has backfired on me many, many times in my life, but I certainly have learned a lot from all of it. So, you know, that's the good news. Uh, but no, I don't, thank God, I, there aren't, there's nothing I can really say in my life, thank goodness, where I could say, oh yeah, I did that because of peer pressure. I was always my own girl. So. Nice to hear that. I know, you know, for me, I hid my smoking and a lot of other things that I abused from, from my family. Uh-huh. Um, when they finally found out, you know, I'm sure they knew I smoked, but... Now, when your family found out, what did they, or what was their reaction? Or I should say, when your mom found out. You know what? I don't remember. That's something I have no recollection of. None. Even with your dad? Yeah. No, I I have no recollection. I lost a lot of memories somewhere along the way. I don't know from what specifically, but, um... Oh, possibly maybe from what you're what you're going through now. Yeah, I don't know. I think I lost it way before. I I've never remembered a lot about my childhood because there was a lot of good in my childhood, but there was also a lot of bad. And I I think that um, um, I really stuffed a lot, and a lot of stuff is just not surfaced, but just hidden away. Yep, just hidden somewhere in the files, and the computer can't retrieve, you know? <laughs> just can't. Yeah, I know, I know about those lost files, believe me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but... But when you were smoking, I guess, like for me, it made me kind of, like you were saying, it made you feel like the point, you know, you're fitting in, you're cool, you're with the cool group. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, that was it. you have any brothers or sisters? I only had one brother, um, and um, he was 18 years older than I was. So when I was born, and he was 18, he was just on the verge of getting married. And so I was more or less an only child. I never knew my brother smoked until he was in his 50s. I had no idea that he had always smoked all along. And I just didn't know it. And he never smiled. I mean, when he would come over here to my parents' house, he never smoked here. <clears throat> but Or that I saw anyway. Obviously, he was just hiding it. So uh, that was a big surprise to me. And he died of colon cancer in 2001. So... Um, that was pretty bad. And, you know, we're not doing real good here. Well, you know, smoking, it kills, it kills a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and not but necessarily you know, colon cancer, not necessarily from smoking, but right. smoking certainly doesn't help many of us. Probably know. not. No, no. Uh, well, I'll have to take that back because uh, I'll have to say that my Aunt Grace, she was a miracle of modern science and she managed to live on donuts and you know uh, ice cream and it's never ate a green leafy vegetable that I could remember and and she smoked like a chimney and you know she was healthy till the day she died in her 90s so go figure anything you know mm, I mean I you're Believe always going to find 
facts that are going to support one thing that you believe, or no matter what it is that you believe, you will always find things that will support that belief for yourself. Um, uh, but uh, no, she uh, she managed to live quite a full life smoking all the way. The thing is, you know, anybody who's got kids, I have three grandchildren between the ages of two and seven. And with the four-year-old and the seven-year-old, I've told them, of course, you know, grandma is sick because she was smoking and how bad it is. But if they were older, let's say that they were, you know, maybe 10 or older, I would ask them to promise me that if they were ever really thinking about picking up a cigarette and trying it, that first they would go and stick their head in the closet of somebody who was a big smoker and just sniff their clothes. And if that didn't do it for them, you know, to, you know, spray a little 409 on the wall that hasn't been painted in 10 years and look at what comes off it. Because <laughs> those are two really gross things about nicotine. Yeah, they tend to stick around. Yeah. And, you know, every person who's ever told me, well, when my mother found out that I'd smoked this cigarette, she made me, you know, smoke a pack until I threw up and I never smoked again. And, man, I'll tell you, I think that was probably the best idea that a parent could have. Yeah, but you know what? Today, what? I mean, that is a great idea to do. Yeah. But you know what? It comes it's out today. into... If they did it to their kids today, the yeah. kids today would pick up the phone, they'd call the cops, and say, oh, my mom or dad is committing child abuse on me. Oh, there's a point. Hadn't thought of that. Okay, that's what comes down to it. And, you know, again, it's a great point. You know, you sit the kid down, you know, they want to smoke? All right, smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. Yeah. It's just like I remember hearing a story about somebody who, you know, they caught their kid drinking or something. And where right. The kid wanted to, you know, be like his dad and, you know, drink his, you know, drink beer. Well, uh-huh. you want to drink a beer, drink a whole six-pack. And, yeah. you know, they made it through a couple of beers, and they ended up throwing up. Yep. Um, but, and even to this day, from what I understand, they don't like the smell of beer. Really? So, you know, it's... I know. I mean, it's a way, great way to teach them, but nowadays we got to be so careful with Well, our right, exactly. Okay, well, maybe we'll just have them sniff the closet, okay? Okay, that'll work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, just whatever. I, I look at it this way, whatever works. I'm going to do whatever I can to keep my kids from smoking, drinking, Mm -hmm. doing drugs. Mm -hmm. I can't be there all the time. Right. But I'm going to share my experience with them. Exactly. And I'm going to share all the bad times. Yep. Because there were a hell of a lot more bad times doing the things that I did. Uh Uh-huh. Good. Right. Let me ask you, looking back, Gene, on your your smoking life, Mm any time that you thought to yourself, what the hell am I thinking, and was that enough to make you consider quitting? Um... When my daughter was born in the early 70s, um, I I decided I wanted to quit. So I went to a hypnotist, and it worked, actually. Um, and I gave up smoking for, uh, I'm going to say, about three months. But my daughter's father didn't give it up, and again, so I'm going to blame him here, okay? Like, 
<laughs> but uh, it, it was my choice, of course, to go back. But um, it it didn't make it easier being with somebody else who smoked at that point. But I doubt, you know, even if even if he weren't in the picture, that I would have been successful because there were subsequent times when I did try to quit again. I tried hypnosis again, but that time it didn't work. I tried the patch, and the patch was making me have such bizarre dreams. I kind of, you know, got rid of that, although I did quit for a short time. Um, And then I quit one time in the... uh, the very early 90s, and um, I actually quit for two years. And I just, I can't even believe it, but one night in the moment of weakness, I was out with one of my girlfriends, who was one of these people who can have one or two cigarettes a week, and that's fine with her. And we were at this martini bar, and uh, there were some guys there, and, and my girlfriend asked them if she could have a cigarette. And I heard her say that, and I said, can I have one too? And that was it. That was it. It's not like I had been thinking about smoking. I mean, it was just a spontaneous, it was out of my mouth, and I undid all the good that I had done over two years. In the blink of an eye. In a moment's weakness, and then yep. all of a sudden you were back to smoking again. Yep, yep. So that was that was really pretty pretty sad. I I beat myself up pretty badly over that failure. Um, that was not easy. But you know in the and and since that point that was the early 90s i have been smoking ever since but what you know daughter, i i was what a pack what does your daughter say about it huh what does your daughter say about it oh my daughter my daughter first of all she can't take it because she comes here and her eyes start to water and um you know i think she developed some kind of respiratory response to the smoke in the house. Although, I don't really understand that because, uh, you know, she grew up with me smoking and it just seems kind of odd. I don't smoke all that much and in the in the good weather I go outside. So, it does seem a little strange. I kind of think it's more psychological because the kids don't have any problem with it at all. They don't mention it. They don't, you know. Well, maybe she just doesn't like watching her mom doing that to herself. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't. And well, none um, of us did. None of us do. No. And, you know, she... I'm sure that she's angry at me for doing it at all, ever. And I do, you know, I... I can understand that. I mean, here she is. She's got these three great kids, and, you know, here's her mother puffing away the end of her days. But, 
um, my daughter, unfortunately, is four hours away. And uh, like I said, I'm up here with my cat. And cigarettes are um, just a part of who I am. And I think she's just going to have to accept that. I, what other choice does she have? Well, you she know? can she can choose not to accept it, and uh, but that you know that just creates stress. Of course. So I hate to see that. Yeah, I mean, you and me both, you know. But, but I'll tell you, you something. You, know, you got your friends. You got your cat. Yes. You know? Yes. At least you have your friends, and that's yes. important. Hopefully yeah. you found. Hopefully you found a new friend today. Well, thank you. I um, am blessed. Let me ask you this. You were diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Yeah. Okay, when did that happen? That was June 2004. If you could, or you don't mind telling me, what was that like for you? Well, that was uh, a surprise. And... You know, I just hadn't been feeling good. I couldn't seem to get out of bed for a couple of days, and it was nothing specific even. I just felt yucky and went to the doctor and ended up leaving the doctor in an ambulance. And, you know, they knew I had pneumonia, and, um, you know, and then they weren't sure what was wrong, and they thought maybe it was TB, and they put me in isolation, and... All this crazy stuff was going on while they were trying to figure it out. And so finally, on the fifth or sixth day, um, this doctor came in and he said, Gene, you've got lung cancer. And I think, you know, it was like, it was like a movie, kind <laughs> of where suddenly everything seemed like it was going in slow-mo and trying to digest that. And he said, it is stage four. And I said, how many stages are there? And he said, four. So I knew that wasn't good. And I said, well, you know, what, what can I expect? And he said, well, you know, Gene, doctors don't like to speculate about that and I said no I'm just saying based on your experience you know average what's the average lifespan of somebody with who's got stage 4 lung cancer and he said about 12 to 18 months so that that's was exactly a big what, shock that's exactly what my father my brother-in-law and my mother were all told really and they all lasted 12 months really they all lasted 12 months. 12 months, that's it. From the time they were diagnosed, well, some, actually one was 13, my mother, but uh, the other two within a year. Wow. That's unreal. Oh, well, yeah, we thought so. Oh, And they were God. all surprised. Oh, they really, I, you know, they, I can't say they were surprised because they all smoked and they all smoked like, you know, forget about it. Yeah. But, um. I guess they, you know, you go through life thinking, no, never, never going to happen to me. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I was just wondering if that was like a feeling that you had that it would never happen to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of. It was. 
But you know something? You know, when I look back at that moment when that doctor told me that, I cried maybe three tears. That was about it. And in the four years I've survived, I haven't cried about it. And because actually what ended up happening was that um, it really turned out to be the greatest gift. And in that there are so many things I had an opportunity to learn that I don't think I ever would have if I'd been healthy and living a a busy life. And, you know, I, I had so much time, especially that first year when I was going through chemo, through a, a study that they were doing, um, to sit. I, so all I could do really was just kind of sit and think. And just a lot of things... Um, I became much more aware of of living in the moment and being in the present and realizing that time spent living in the past or worrying about the future was time where I didn't live in the moment, didn't live in the present, gave away the present, you know. So... I really focused a lot from that point on on living my life in the present. And uh, whether I'm smoking or whether I'm not smoking, this is who I am. This is who I have evolved into, you know, a person who can be in the moment, appreciate beauty, find joy every day whether it's just in looking at my cat who is so cute I want to eat him up or whether it's you know in looking at a hummingbird that's in the middle of some flowers someplace or and to just get tickled by that or one day I started coloring my these white shoes I had, and they were kind of dirty, so I started coloring them with Sharpie markers, and my God, I made these really cool shoes. And so I have learned to just play as much as I can, you know, enjoy as much as I can, give as much as I can, and all of this would not have happened. I'm positive if I hadn't gotten sick. So at this point, even though I'm on oxygen 24 hours a day, and I have been in the hospice program now for just over six months, and if you know anything about hospice, you know, your doctor has to arrange for hospice, and the doctor has to feel that you have six months or less to live. And the bottom line is, back in January, we just plain ran out of options. I had done as much chemo as we could do. And unless I wanted to try some experimental thing, we were out of options. So I told the doctor, no thanks, I'm not interested in any more experimental stuff. Let's just let it take its course. 
And so um, he put me in hospice care so that somebody looks in on me a couple times a week. And my friends are so good to me and will call up or drop by. And, you know, I even have been, believe it or not, working a day or two a week, although for the past couple of weeks I haven't been able to because I've been feeling pretty horrible. But... um, you know, I still had been getting out to the library and the important places myself. So I'm hoping that I can get back enough energy to be able to do that a little bit more because I really don't feel ready to go yet. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Right. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. one of the things that I always told my mother. I said, you know, if you're not ready to go, don't go. You're right. <laughs> you know, she fought for a while, and just you know, again, it comes back to you know, I'm looking at you know, you have it four years. Uh huh. Something that I've watched people die, and I know other people who, have, you know, their parents. I know one woman that I know, her father died within a week. Yeah. You know, with exactly what you have, and it's like you know, I'm just trying to figure out what did you do differently than they did, or you know, what's you know, what's the secret to it? I mean. Is it attitude? Is it doctors? I think it's more attitude than anything. I really, really, really do. I think you have to learn to love yourself. I keep telling people, you know what? I like my company. (laughs) I spend a lot of time alone, and I enjoy my own company. A lot of people can't even do that. They have to come in. They have to turn something on, the radio, the TV, the computer, something, because they don't want it to get that quiet. They don't want to hear that voice in the head. They don't, you know. And But when you learn to love yourself, and I'm talking about regardless of your mistakes or your frailties, um, I think that that is the first step. Because when you love yourself, um, I think that I think good energy comes to you. I, I really do. I don't mind the voices in my head. Sometimes I have to tell them to be quiet. But, yeah. You know, but yeah. I can certainly appreciate what you're saying. It one depends of the, on one of the things that I do on here uh, uh-huh. with this. I get the opportunity for people. You know, they're online as well, and uh, they can you know basically chat with me and type in messages to me and somebody just that or basically stated that you know you're talking about your energy levels being low you know quitting is going to help get that energy back you think quitting smoking um no <laughs> no i don't, you don't think that's i i just don't i no. i just don't not think not an option for you right now huh no i i really no i i it's not really something I think about. Um, I should because in New York State they just added a dollar twenty-five a pack tax on, which is gonna—I can't even believe it, but it's true. And and you know, and I hate to come off so cavalier, but you know, I just at this point, how the heck much energy is is that going to give me? I didn't even, frankly, notice um, a huge difference in my energy level when I quit for the two years. To tell you the truth, I, I don't remember. I don't remember that so much. I know my sense of smell got a lot better, 
But as far as energy goes, um, that's a little harder to muster. Well, let me ask you this then. Looking back on your life and everything that you've gone through, do you regret smoking? (laughs) No. No, I don't. What's the point? No, I was just curious. Well, I, it's a great question, and in fact, it's a it's a question. Uh, when I was doing my first chemo study, every time I went, they would give me this questionnaire, and the last question was, "Do you regret smoking?" And I always used to laugh at that question, because. I thought, what would be the point of regretting, regretting it? I mean, I, I guess, you know, I guess I, I wish I would have been more conscious of my body or what I was putting in it. But of course, those are things that are way beyond our control, and they're certainly not in my control at all. Having been, you know, in 1960, whatever it was. So what's the point in regretting it? It's something I just we're, did. We're up a flower child, huh? Right. I don't. I don't judge it. I don't make it be good or bad. It just is. It just was. That's all. Because as soon as I judge it and I make it good or bad, it creates. If I make it bad, it creates stress. Um, it's I, like I when. Can that. Yeah, when some like if somebody walks in the room and. And uh, your friend says, oh, that guy, you see that guy who just walked in? He's a real jerk. He did this, 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 and this. Now, if I look over at that guy and I think to myself, oh, man, what a creep, right? I mean, things happen in my body. My heart starts racing a little bit, you know, or my pulse might go up a little bit. Just from hearing something where I've put some judgment on something, as soon as I judge it, it creates some stress. But if I just observe it, if I just look at the guy, and I see, oh, there's a guy who my friend thinks is a creep, there's no stress there. So <clears throat> that is something that uh, that I learned about 15 years ago when I was at the uh, height of my career. But... It's just uh, about judging. What did you do for a living? Well, I've had about 29 jobs, but um, the one I loved the most was I was a a management consultant and a motivational speaker for one of the very large um, international seminar companies. And I used to travel all over the country and the UK and um, deliver seminars on different topics. And one of them was um, stress reduction. And, uh, you know, another one was communication skills. And and it was wonderful because no matter what the topic was, I always got to inject pertinent information about the, the person who you bring to your job with you and about your attitude, and about how we view things, and how we get along with other people. Uh, 
very, very wonderful, rewarding job. And um, well, it sounds like you were good at it, and you enjoyed it. Oh, I I absolutely loved it. I I do miss it so much. I can't even begin to tell you how much I miss it. But um, as fate would have it, you know I you know I believe that there's a reason for everything. And back in the '90s, there were a lot of deaths in my family and. My daughter's father died, and just, you know, friends. There were like 10, 11 people who died. And I was on the road, and I would be traveling from city to city to city to city. So I was I was by myself, really. I mean, I'd have hundreds of people during each day, but virtually I was with myself. The icing on the cake was when my brother died in 2001. I just I just became very very sad and I thought I got to get off the road for a while because I need to be someplace where there are people around and so I ended up getting off the road and I took a, a I wanted to find a low stress low paying job and I found one at a country club, and as fate would have it, they paid for my health insurance. And let me tell you something: I was only I was there for one year when I got sick, and this country club paid for my health insurance for a whole year that I was out of work. Um, and my God, if I had still been self-employed as I was when I was working for the seminar company, um, paying for all that on my own, I would have been up the creek. I probably yeah, would have... have your health insurance. Oh, dear God, yes. Especially when dealing with some of these uh, problems that many of us smokers do. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I Let want to tell you. you. Let me ask you this, Gene. Looking back on what, you know your smoking and everything that you've done, you know, there's people out there who are going to be listening and say, you know, oh, she's still smoking, you know, she didn't quit, and this and that. Um, what kind of, what would you recommend to people who are either thinking about quitting mm-hmm. or are thinking about picking up as far as, you know, what what advice could you offer to them? Well, just like I said before that I, uh, um, This has just been my choice, and that if anybody is listening to in order to help them quit, um, I think that they can they should be able to listen to it and digest what's been said, but I don't think the fact that I'm smoking should be their excuse, you know, oh, well, I was thinking of quitting, but then I listened to this thing, and, you know, this woman, she has lung cancer, and she still didn't quit, so why should I? I mean, if that's going to be your attitude, then, okay, that's going to be your attitude. I think that you have to understand that 
you have to do it for the right reasons. And, you know, if you're a young person, your 20s or 30s, my God, give it everything you got to quit. I mean, you know, that's the bottom line. Let me say, if I was in my 20s or 30s and this was happening, it would be a different story. I don't think I would be smoking. But um, but I'm not. I'm 55. I'm single. I have no family locally. I'm living in a world that is like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. So I am not afraid of dying. And frankly, I'm hoping it's going to be a kinder place I'm going to. So, But that's just me, and that's my story. But somebody who's got family, who's got, you know, uh, youth and something to somebody to sit on the front porch with, um, I would give it all I had to, to try to give it up. And it seems like there are more and more uh, ways um, and drugs or whatever to help quitters today. So that would be good. And with anybody thinking of picking it up, I, I just, you know, I'd have to go with stick your head in the smoker's closet idea because that's how you're going to end up smelling. And God knows we all want to smell as good as we can. Yes, we do. <laughs> well, I really do appreciate you taking the time with me tonight. Hope I oh, I had, a good, I had a good time. I hope I didn't tire you out too much. No, I'm, I'm I'm good. Well, I told you I'm going to keep your number. Okay. I'm going to stay in touch with you. Hopefully everything goes well for you. Thank and, you, uh, Joseph. The same to you. I'll check in, you. I'll stay in with you. I'll check in with you weekly see how you're doing. Okay. You know where you can find us. I'll send you an email, see how everything's going. Okay. All right. I really yeah, that's appreciate great. you coming out. Excuse me? That's great. I, I appreciate it. Well, like I said, I really do appreciate it. And, um... You know, just if you ever want to come on and hear what we're doing, you know where to find us. Yes, sir, I do. All righty. Okay, thanks. Thank you again. Okay, Joseph. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it from Gene from Albany, New York, stage four lung cancer patient at the moment. Thanks for listening. April, thanks for asking those questions. Um, You just chatted me. She's 55. That's how old she was. And basically, I'm going to get out of here and call it a night. Go spend some time with the kids. I appreciate anybody out there who listened. And if you download this, come back next Saturday night at midnight for more of my ramblings. And next Sunday night at 6, we'll talk more with hopefully somebody who has quit. We'll have to wait and see. I'll talk to you later. Have a great night. God bless you. And don't forget, today is, what's today? I think it's Happy Poison Day. Or have your poison day anyway. Choose your poison wisely. Have a great day. Adios. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.